0: This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B, or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert.
1: Saints and Pelicans fans, welcome to this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. You're joined this morning by Cassie Calvert. It's just me in the studio today as Bree is on vacation and so is Daniel. So I'm your producer and your host on this fine Friday and what an exciting Friday it is. The Saints schedule came out last night and I am really excited about some of these matchups. Talk about an exciting start to the season. The Saints will open the season on Monday Night Football at the Minnesota Vikings How fun is that? You get to see Saints in prime time to kick off the season, kicking off a really exciting season, we hope. So, look forward, looking forward to that one. Some other matchups I'm really excited for. I think the December 24th, Christmas Eve home game against the Falcons in the Superdome. How cool is that? You get to watch your Saints take on the Dirty Birds in the Superdome and then go home and celebrate the rest of your Christmas Eve with your family or whatever holidays you celebrate but love having the team home on Christmas Eve just like last year and then the Saints will play early on New Year's Eve at Tampa Bay at 12 central so that'll be good you get your football in before you begin your New Year's Eve festivities. so you can view that whole schedule on neworleansaints.com as I'm sure most of you have already checked that out we're going to be talking Football. We're going to be talking basketball today on the Black and Blue Report. We've got a jam-packed show for you. First up, we are going to hear from Cam Jordan, who's going to tell us all about his work with the U.S.O. This summer, he took a U.S.O. trip. Really spent some time getting to know some of our troops. He's going to tell you all about his incredible experiences that he had there. He has done some incredible work this off-season, as we have come to expect from him. And the New Orleans community he is such a staple here. After Cam, we are going to talk to Jen Hale, who is covering the NBA playoffs for Turner. So she's covering the Bucks Raptors series. So she's going to give us some insight in the playoffs, especially that series, what she thinks is going to happen going forward. So exciting basketball talk there. And we are going to continue our NFL draft series with Mick Mixon of the Carolina Panthers, who, as we know, the divisional rival, he's going to break down what he expects them to do in the draft this year. They have the number eight pick overall. Some running back names have been thrown around, especially a guy who's kind of popular around here, Leonard Fournette out of LSU. It's possible, possible. I know Saints fans are going to cringe a little bit about if they're seeing him in a Panthers uniform this year, but it is quite possible. So we're going to talk to Mick about that and see if he thinks that's a possibility. Get an update on Cam Newton after his shoulder surgery this offseason. See where he's at if they expect him back for training camp. So he's going to fill us in on all of that. And he's going to give us some insight onto the newest Saints, Ted Ginn Jr. and A.J. Klein, who have come from Carolina. So exciting stuff from Mick, great stuff from Jen, and we'll hear about Cam Jordan's USO trip coming up next. I'm so excited. We've got a great show for you.
0: Are you ready for a slimmer and trimmer you? Smoothie King's new and improved slim and trim meal replacement smoothies are here. Now with just 250 or fewer calories per 20-ounce cup, they're slimmer and trimmer than ever. Keep your diet on track and feel fuller longer with at least 11 grams of protein and 6 grams of fiber. Add Smoothie King to your diet today with new and improved slim and trim smoothies in three delicious flavors. Only at Smoothie King, smoothies with a purpose. Diet and weight loss depend on individual needs, eating right, and exercising daily.
3: What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackey, Seven soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert, and today I'm joined in studio by Cam Jordan, who's going to tell us a little bit about his USO trip. So tell me a little bit about your, about your trip. How did that come about, and why did you decide to do this?
3: Um, I don't know whether it was last year or the year before. Uh, a previous teammate, Akeem Hicks, had went out there. Um, he had nothing but great things to say about it, and just about how he valued uh, our military so much more. And it was it was rightfully placed. Uh, we went out there to a couple bases and uh, just got to interact with some of the military people that we uh, that we had a chance to go visit. Um, the bases that we went to, they were just so welcoming, so loving uh, towards not only the saints but towards just you know the other players that were there as well. And uh, for me, I mean. Um, you really saw how the way they were living, you know, what they were doing. They sort of told us some of the stuff that they could, um, what they were doing out there and how it was just so detrimental to us as a nation, you know. Um, they're out there really fighting for, you know, what we have forgotten as a war. Um, well, up until maybe this last week when, you know, Trump decided to bomb Syria or whatever. But that's <laughs> not my place. <laughs> um, I'd like to say we were we were going to go see some planes and then they took off Uh, because they had missions or whatever but um, for everything that they do I mean it just brings to light you know how much it is that they sacrifice for us
1: so specifically how long were you there and what were you able
3: to see how long was I there I don't know we were there a couple days in um, Kuwait uh, another couple days in UAE and we got a you know uh, during the day you, you do this USO tour and then one night you know I had to slip into Dubai I mean you're in Abu Dhabi and as, you know, as a person, as as a person who loves culture, um, different cultures, anyways, I had to slip into Dubai, see what it was talking about, that was great, Um, and then, of course, you went into Bahrain, and, you know, previous to this trip, I've never heard Bahrain used in a sentence before, (laughs) (laughs) let alone know it as a country, and it just broadens everything that, you know, you you figure out, and as well as, you know, there's, of course, more bases out in the Middle East, but how important each site is, Um, and, of course, you know, I can't tell location or whatever, whatever. But I can tell you that the the men and women that are part of these bases uh, love our country, if not more so than you know we really think and honor them for.
1: Did you have any encounters that really stood out to you, maybe specific? For sure. I mean, I'm
3: I'm actually really met a couple of people from Louisiana out there, and uh, uh, some people from Mississippi who might might be more diehard Saints fans than some of the guys from Louisiana. But oh, wow. um, you figure Mississippi doesn't have a team to root for at all out there. oh mm-hmm. uh, Miss, maybe? Is that like a real school? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real school. I can't confirm that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, they, they just had so much love. And, and I was talking to one of these ladies, and, you know, she you know been a Saints fan her whole entire life, had enlisted at 18, and worked her way up, you know, and then had uh, gotten out to not only, you know, and, and just the life that she had lived, how many countries she had seen. And for somebody coming out of, you know, Mississippi, that's, you know, most of her family had never even been overseas yet. And she had seen, you know, nine different countries or whatever it was at 20, whatever she was. Wow. Um, but that being said, it just, she also tells, you, you know, uh, about what it is to be a woman in the military. And, and and one of the bases, you know, that was real strict. It was real strict rules about that. Everybody had, had such a high level of respect for everybody else. Um, not to say that any other base didn't, but this one particular base, um, you could just tell how everybody respected each other, how everybody worked together, and everybody was on this equal playing field. And um, the way she expressed how she loved doing her job, that's that's you know the way I express loving football. And it was just so easy to relate to her.
1: Yeah, something everyone can relate to, certainly. Did you have any family connection to the military before this, or was this all kind of new for you? Um,
3: I have an uncle who was in the Navy, that being said. Uh, he was probably out by the time I was, you know, mm-hmm. nine or 10 or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, we have a little bit of connection there, but, uh, honestly, it was just there just to, again, bring it all in and uh, be able to appreciate our military more than, you know, saying, hey, they're overseas and they're, you know, taking care of business or, you know, have my own personal opinion about, oh, maybe they should come back, yada, yada, yada. But you get out there and you realize each one of these guys in the military have such a strong belief of whatever the, of whatever it is that their job is doing, it's going to secure for the betterment of our country and or our nation or our people. And it just presses them to be better.
1: Do you think you'll recommend this trip to your teammates? I already
3: have. I mean. This is, again, this is something that's eye-opening. I, I, I don't know about going forward. Again, when we were out there, you know, the mission started up with mm-hmm. the whole Syria thing. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that uh, coming forth. But, uh, yeah, I've already, I have already have. I mean, it was an awesome trip. Everything was just so top-notch. It felt like I was so included in everything. Um, and, again, I got to see things that I have never seen before. So,
1: you're known throughout the organization as being someone who's really generous with your time in the local community too. I know every Tuesday players go out and do community events, and that's something that's been a real priority for you. Why is that?
3: Um, I mean, when you're talking about being New Orleans Saints, you, you're talking about New Orleans first. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a as a Saint, it's it, I feel like it's a part of um, everything that I've always wanted to do. I mean, in college, you you went out and you read the kids and you did whatever and. Um, it was sort of orchestrated but here as a you know as an adult you have to go out there and, and search you have to search your city you have to find out what it is that you know the, the city wants. Um, the people in the city respond to us so well. I mean they ride with us whether it's a seven and nine season or you know 13 and three season. Um, the city is has always been our you know a backbone for us uh, and it's it's only right to go back into the city and try and give love back as much as they give.
1: Do you feel that connection even stronger than with the fans on game day because you do get out in the community and get to know them on a personal level?
3: Uh, I don't know about game day. Come game day, I'm, I'm sort of focused on yeah. wrecking some stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I'll say, you know, the other six days, um, it's nothing but love. It's nothing but feedback. And even, you know, again, if it's a slow start to the season, you know, they're, always, they're already looking for the bounce back about how we're going to come over and take over. And they just know um, as a fan base, you know, we're giving it our all to be the best that we can be.
1: Switching gears just a little bit for the last couple of questions. We've heard that you're going to be involved in a lip sync battle this summer with Mark
3: Ingram. TBD. TBD? TBD. Um, <laughs> you know, some some things are going on, and I'm not sure if we're 100% in yet, mm-hmm. but, you know, we're, we're gearing towards the lip sync battle. And, uh, yeah, that's... that's.
1: What would be your first choice of a song if you do do it?
3: Do you have any um, song ideas? My first choice? Yeah. Uh, I, I grew up. I like to say my first R&B song that I could probably fully recite was Usher "My Way." Um, <laughs> if you have to go back farther than that, um, I don't know. Um, it would probably have to be like LL Cool J. Um, you know, I, I could actually probably go for some Bobby Brown. Now, if we're going fast forward this thing, you know, to our relative times for good, you know, um, probably I'm still probably a huge Outkast fan. And if we're talking about rap, anyways, I grew up a Buster Rhymes fan somehow. He <laughs> uh, was probably just more—he was wild and energetic, and so I sort of like to—I like to the match the hype. Um, yeah, and, and you know, if we talk about now, now just, you can listen to anybody J. Cole, K-Dot. Um, I can't listen to this new crew, uh, the, the Yachty's and the young. I can listen to Young Dolph. I don't know. Everybody else sort of gets on my nerves, <laughs> but I, I can play for the culture. <laughs>
1: All right, well, we'll stay tuned for that this summer. We appreciate your time this morning. Great work that you did this offseason, and we look forward to the season.
3: No doubt. Thanks for having me.
1: When we come back, we'll be talking NBA playoffs with Jen Hale. Stay tuned.
0: Flats. I
4: like the sound,
0: I like the sound of that. Thomas Ratt. Friends are coming over tonight. And more. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend, May 26th through 28th at the air-conditioned Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Yeah, Tickets on sale now with Blake Shelton, Miranda Lambert, Brooks and Dunn, Rasco Flats, Thomas Ratt, Hank Williams Jr., Fred Eldridge, Old Dominion, and more. Plus a free kickoff concert, May 26th. For hotel info, visit BayouCountrySuperfest.com. Sponsored in part by Bud Light, the official beer of the Bayou Country Superfest we're talking nba playoffs on the black and blue report
1: welcome back to the black and blue report we're joined by jen hale this morning who is calling us from apparently very chilly milwaukee (laughs) yes
4: exactly hi cassie how
1: are you doing great so jen is joining us she is covering the bucks raptor series for turner nba tv Jen, I think this series is going a lot differently than a lot of people expected. Last night you covered the game. The Bucks topped the Raptors 104-77, to their biggest win at the Bradley Center, and they now lead the series 2-1. to What has been the story of this series? I think a lot of people expected the Raptors coming in with the three-seed Bucks to six to kind of breeze right through to the second round, but that has not been the case. Yeah, no doubt,
4: Cassie. I think a lot of people thought this was going to be an easy one for the Raptors and that, that it would really be a warm-up for the next round where, theoretically, they would meet the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, and it has been the absolute opposite. Uh, Toronto has not looked good out of the gate since the very beginning. Uh, yes, the series 2-1, to one, but even Toronto's win uh, in Game 2 was shaky. It was extremely close, um, and th- the uh, the Bucks missed. A couple of key shots right there at the end that, that really show the game could have gone either way, the other way. Um, as far as why, what's going on, Milwaukee's is legit. They're for real. They are young. They're athletic. They're long. Uh, I don't think the Raptors, especially the Raptors style, I, it does not go with the Bucks. They just don't match up well at all. Um, and Giannis the the Greek freak, if you will, He's coming into his own. He's got a cast of characters around him that can also shoot and do some damage, and they're finding their stride. They're trapping the Raptors a lot, and the Raptors just don't know how to get open. They don't know how to get out of those traps. And last night especially, uh, the three ball was not falling for them, and that has been the only place they've really had success uh, from from deep, from beyond the arc. It's really been the only answer they've had for Milwaukee's traps. So when that doesn't go, they're in trouble. Um also, they're two stars. You know, it's one of the best backcourts in the league, Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. In game one, it was Lowry who could not get going. And last night, game three, DeMar DeRozan, who averages 27 points per game in the regular season,
1: he was scoreless from the field. His only points came off of free throws. Well, wow, yeah. And then you look at the Bucks, who whose bench nearly outscored the Raptors team in the first half. In fact, they did outscore the Raptors team in the first half. So they have had the depth that – and then you look at the Raptors whose two stars haven't really been able to get going.
4: Yeah, the Bucks are playing like a veteran team. You would not think that it's mm-hmm. one of the youngest teams in the league or that most of the guys on there haven't had a playoff experience ever. Um, for me, what's been fun, uh, Greg Monroe of the Bucks. a lot of people – in new orleans will remember he's from from harvey uh went to helen Cox high school with a huge champion for the city post katrina and he is uh one of the oldest players has never seen a playoff appearance so uh, more than 500 games that he had under his belt before he got to go to the playoffs. so it's been fun to reconnect with him and fun to see him uh get to live out his playoff dream especially with the bucks doing so well
1: Yeah, you mentioned how young they are. Their starting lineup, their oldest player is 25. They have a 20-year-old in their starting lineup. So this team has the potential to be great for years to come, too. It's kind of almost scary how well they're performing at such a young age.
4: Cassie, it's a great point. They have two rookies in their starting lineup, as a matter of fact, and they still don't have Jabari Parker. He's still out. So when you talk about scary, yeah, imagine – how those two rookies will be after this type of experience, uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Thon Maker, and then once Jabari gets back. I I think they're an extremely legit team, and they they play unselfishly. It's sometimes, oftentimes, unfortunately, just getting out of a team's own way, getting uh, getting out of their head, playing unselfishly. A lot of times that's such a hurdle and challenge. And this group may be young, but they have that part down pat. They trust each other. They play for each other. Um, they, they certainly act much older. They have a presence about them that you wouldn't expect from a group that young.
1: Certainly. It's impressive that they were able to come out and win at home at, in Toronto, take that first game. So they could, if they win on Saturday, they could win two straight at home and head back to Toronto with a 3-1 lead, which could potentially end the series for them.
4: It could. It is a very real possibility. You look at last night's score, and it was absolute domination. So how will the Raptors re- respond? Will they come back angry and desperate so many times the more desperate team wins? Or was the score that runaway, kind of the, the, the dagger in the heart, the foot on the throat, that they won't be able to come back from? It'll be interesting to see. It'll say a lot about the Raptors' medal and their stick Um, whether they just come out completely discouraged or whether they come back and fight from this one. I have to tell you, I have been so impressed with Giannis Etetokounmpo. Everybody knows he's a fantastic player, the uh, first player in NBA history to ever finish in the top 20 in all five statistical categories. But his his presence, I had a 30-minute sit-down interview with him yesterday, and his story – it's just amazing. His family immigrated from Nigeria to Greece, or his parents did, rather. That's where they had their kids. And he grew up going to school and then after school coming home and helping his parents sell trinkets to tourists on the streets to eat. Um, I mean, abject poverty until the day he signed his NBA tender. And and the the, the thought processes that he has, the way he looks at things, the value he puts on this opportunity and this team, it's just something that you don't see every day, even out of good people and good players. It's, it's a whole nother level. And he brings all of that to the court. And it's, it's, if, if he stays in this mindset, which I would think he would in talking to him, I don't think the fame and the money are going to get to him. That, that mental approach and that mental strength are, are really going to carry Milwaukee and be a rallying point, I think, for years to come.
1: That's incredible and extremely refreshing. He seems to really value his family. They seem to be very close knit. So, that's their story is certainly incredible.
4: It is. It absolutely is. And he's, he's a joy to talk to. Um, I, I did ask him, and I wasn't sure how he'd respond. You know, when you're interviewing people that, that you don't know very well, you kind of have to feel it out. So, I, I, I kind of joked with him and said, Well, who? Who in your family was the better salesperson? Because there were four brothers. <laughs> so they would all go out after school and sell sunglasses and sunscreen and whatnot. And uh, he started laughing. And he said, well, of course I was. I was the cuter kid. I was, I was the cutest <laughs> out of the whole four. Yeah. So he has a great sense of humor. He can, he can laugh at himself. Um, very impressive young man.
1: Speaking of a sense of humor, I have to ask you this. It was reported that the Raptors were introduced to a Barney song last night in Milwaukee. Do you have any background on where that decision came from?
4: <laughs> I think that was – this is my guess. I do not know. So uh, take it with several grains of salt, <laughs> I suppose. Um <laughs> I think that was in reference to their Raptor mascot.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I did not put that together. That makes a little but, <laughs> more sense. that is only a guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. So looking at the playoffs as the bigger picture, are there any other surprises, storylines you're particularly enjoying this year? Yeah,
4: gosh. I think there's been a lot of great action. Um, a lot of upsets, or or at least punches traded that, that I don't think you would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um of course, unfortunately, uh gosh, I I I know everybody's hearts and prayers go out to Boston and Isaiah Absolutely. Thomas with the loss of his sister. Uh, but I don't think most people traditionally thought uh a number one seed would be in this type of trouble. Now, granted I think Boston was an unusual first seed. <laughs> uh I think most people thought Cleveland would have would have grabbed that. And boy, what about their comeback last night as incredible. the games were going on at the same time? So I couldn't watch. I only saw, saw the highlights after the game. But I think they rallied from like a 24 or 27 point deficit. 26 point uh, deficit.
1: Largest tie, the largest comeback in playoff history. Wow. I mean, just
4: incredible. Just speaks to LeBron James's, again, not only his physical strength and physical talents, but the mental strength mm-hmm. to do that and, and march on. Um, and then Golden State, making it look easy, even even without Kevin Durant. Uh, that's been fun to watch as well.
1: Yeah, so Cavs took the 3-0 lead last night. Like we said, that's the ties the largest comeback in NBA playoff history. LeBron finishes with 41 points. Just the ability to take over a game is absolutely incredible. It,
4: every time you think he can't up his performance or up his game or, or, or add to his legend, he, he does it. Um I don't know. Maybe maybe he's he's a little missed about not being included more in the MVP conversation because that was
1: that was otherworldly what they did. Absolutely. Well, Jen, thank you so much for your time this morning. We look forward to continue watching you on NBA TV and best of luck to you as the playoffs continue.
4: Thanks so much.
1: I'll see you all soon. When we come back, we'll talk NFL draft with Carolina Panthers broadcaster Mick Mixon.
0: Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing touchdown Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert, and this morning I have the honor of being joined by phone by Mick Mixon, play-by-play announcer for the Carolina Panthers. Thanks for joining us this morning.
2: Cassie, it's an honor. I appreciate hearing your voice, and when you see my colleague Jim Henderson down there, give him a big hug for us and tell him we said what's up. He's, he's pure class, and we always enjoy seeing him in the press box. We don't enjoy playing the Saints a lot of the times <laughs> because y'all are rude to us, but, but, uh, but Henderson's a good dude.
1: Will do. So heading into next week with the draft coming up, the Panthers are right now sitting at number 8th pick overall. A big position that's come up in a lot of mock drafts, the Panthers may be looking to go with that pick, is running back what do you think the likelihood of using that pick at running back is? And there's kind of been two key names with two very different styles with Leonard Fournette, a local guy here, and Christian McCaffrey. What do you th- who do you think would better fit in the Panthers' system if they do, in fact, go running back?
2: We could do an entire podcast show, <laughs> go to somewhere, have chicken wings, talk for all night about this. I'll try to be brief it's intriguing. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's rookie year with the Cowboys, and of course he was behind a very robust O-line, but his season with Dallas has sort of shaken up how teams view taking a running back in the top half of the draft. I think that that, that there's a return. Running backs are seeing a little bit of a a return to prominence. Additionally, you got two, and you mentioned their names, Cassie, you got two possibly, oh my gosh, this guy can make yards, he can uh, he can make magic. He can take a play above the level of its blocking, and in and, and Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, I think that Fournette probably just on the hoof fits the Panthers' style better. Any back that plays here is going to have to be very good in in without the football, good in blitz pickup, good in pass pro. Fournette, at somewhere between 228 and 250 pounds, uh, could it has that heavy core and and that strength, you know. But McCaffrey being compared to Julian Edelman, can move out to the slot. I mean, he looks to my untrained eye just like in any era, plug him in, uh, could probably get you out of a game at quarterback, could probably deep snap, hold, punt, uh, catch the ball, block downfield, a very intelligent athlete as well. So um, so I don't know. I I guess if I had to – I wouldn't bet my house on it, but I'd probably maybe consider betting my truck that if the Panthers go running back – it would be Fournette over McCaffrey but but again I'm just you know I'm just the guy up here that says ten five touchdown. They don't consult with me on these things.
1: <laughs> That's a great point about Ezekiel Elliott. That's really interesting. But the Panthers have kind of made no secret about wanting to ease the burden on Cam Newton and does you think Fournette kind of gives them the ability to do that?
2: Definitely that. I, I think it fits. It fits uh, and, and you know who knows? I mean the Panthers could end up going place kicker in round one. I don't think that's going to happen. But Dave Gettleman, our GM, is very hard to predict on. He'll tell you. He'll look you right in the eye, Cassie, and he'll tell you that you know, he likes edge pass rushers. He likes hog mollies. That's his word for mm-hmm. big, strong football. He, he likes big interior players. He says they, big men give your skill guys a chance to compete. But then he's hard to predict. Last year the Panthers went corner, 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 three defensive backs in the draft. And and I don't think any draft nick saw that coming, so so it's unpredictable, but I do think that, that Fournette, I mean, what kind of a guy is he? You guys have followed his career for a long time down there. Do you think he would fit the Panthers?
1: That's that's the million-dollar question right now, isn't it? <laughs> and also, like, is he still going to be available at number eight is another possibility, that he might be snatched up before the Panthers are even on the board.
2: Great call. I, I think that's that's one thing that I, I haven't heard a lot of other people that I visited with about the draft mention that, that you've mentioned is that he may not be there. He could mm-hmm. come off the board at, at four. He could come off at six, seven. Uh, a talent like that, he may not be available for the Panthers. So so I think the Panthers have to definitely have a backup plan, and and I'm sure they do.
1: So if Panthers don't go running back, two other names that have kind of been thrown around is the Tennessee D E Derek Barnett, O. J. Howard, another kind of local guy out of Alabama. What have you seen from those two and how do you think either of them would fit into the Panthers system?
2: Yeah, um probably a slightly more familiar with, with Howard just because mm-hmm. he's he he's you he kind of have an eyebrow cocked in his direction, thinking that the Panthers do love to use the tight end. Greg Olson, one of Cam Newton's favorite targets. And and, and I think Carolina has to to look past Greg Olson at at who who's the next really good dependable target with ball skill at tight end. Uh, I don't think Malik Hooker will be on the board, but uh, but safety is another position. If you could get some skull crushing safety in here, that would also help Carolina, particularly playing. That deadly combination of, of Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton and, and how they spread the ball around.
1: Yeah, you mentioned lining up against the Saints, and there will be two familiar faces for the Panthers this year with Ted Ginn Jr. and AJ Klein both signing with the Saints this offseason. What should Saints fans expect from them?
2: We'll talk about Klein first. Klein is, uh, if, if AJ Klein would have been a star here were it not for Luke Keekley, Keekley the leading man. Klein more the understudy, but that's not been fair to A. J. Klein. Mm-hmm. Klein is a very, very good football player. Instincts for days, strong. He's got a burst. He's uh he's not scared. He's he's a very good football player. It's just that he's he's more he's not necessarily the, got the Q rating that he would have had because of the great Luke Keekley and, and Thomas Davis playing linebacker here, siphoning off a lot of the publicity. Uh, Klein's an outdoorsman, so he'll wet a hook. He'll go into the woods and come out with turkey or whatever they whatever you hunt down there. <laughs> Klein's good like that. And then Ted Ginn, Teddy Ballgame, uh, one of the few players in the 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 history of the Carolina Panthers. Steve Smith would be another one. Where anytime he touches the ball anywhere on the field, the next play could be an extra point. That that's just the 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 broken field that border collie ability to change directions and 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 i think man the combination of gin and and breeze mm-hmm. will keep the panther defensive coaches up very late at night when those weeks to come that the panthers play new orleans
1: <laughs> so looking beyond the number eighth pick for the rest of the draft for the panthers they've talked about needing to upgrade the slot maybe potentially a tackle after a lot of injuries in that position last year what else do you see from the draft this year
2: it's not that deep of a of an O line draft, according to what I've heard some of our scouts say. But if there was a good a good value of a center guard combo player, maybe a tackle in the later rounds that the Panthers could get in here and maybe grow into a a productive O lineman, uh, the Panthers might look in towards that. Uh, I think that uh, you mentioned you know you mentioned the other ones would be probably uh, defensive line, outside linebacker. Uh, I think, you know, it's the slot, and I like what you said about the slot receiver, Cassie, because the Panthers would, without Ted Ginn, I mean, there's a need there. Who's mm-hmm. gonna, who's gonna be that, that return man in the kicking game? You have to scheme for who's gonna be that slot receiver that can make those side adjusts and and, and get open on a hot read situation. You know, I hate comparing players because there's only one of this guy, that guy, and the other guy, but. I remember when Randall Cobb came out in the draft, I remember thinking, man, a Randall Cobb-type player would help the Panthers in so many different ways.
1: So they may be looking for that in this draft, certainly. So another off-season thing for the Panthers that Saints fans certainly have their eye on was Cam Newton's surgery. What can you tell us about that, and do the Panthers expect to have him back for training camp?
2: That's the plan. He tried to rehab his shoulder without surgical intervention they they tried all the, the regimen of rest and then building back with strength and flexibility exercises but when cam started to throw it just wasn't there he just didn't have the pain-free range of motion that he was desirous of so they decided to go in and clean it up that's been done and and he's been in the building i've seen him a couple of times uh, working out and wearing out the, the bearings of a treadmill down in the weight room down uh, one floor below where I'm talking to you from now. And he's all smiles. He's he's He said the other day he's looking forward to getting his mojo back, and it's hard to have your mojo when you're a trigger man, and it hurts to throw the ball.
1: Absolutely. Well, Saints fans will certainly be keeping their eye on that one, and we will look to see him back this season when the both these teams match up twice this upcoming season. Thank you so much for all your insight on the draft, and we will certainly look forward to seeing what Dave Gettleman does because, like you said, he is very unpredictable.
2: (laughs) He is that, as all the good ones are. Thanks for having me on, Cassie, and you Um, guys come see us.
1: Absolutely. We appreciate the time.
0: If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365.
2: Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign
0: up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation
3: today. Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason, Entergy lineman and Safety Specialist. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, we'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. That's EntergyStormCenter.com.
4: I'm Jared Robson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue
1: Report. That's going to do it for us on this jam-packed Friday afternoon. We like to cram in all the NBA basketball and NFL football we can before you head into the weekend. A good weekend of NBA playoff action coming up, as Jen Hale previewed for you earlier on today's show. When we come back on Monday, we'll talk the results of those NBA games and continue our NFL draft preview series Heading into the draft that starts the end of next week. It's a very exciting time here at the Saints and Pelicans practice facility. And we'll be back with you next week to tell you all about it. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ADC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and OrleansSaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the
2: source. The Black and Blue Report.